A beautiful track there to introduce our next story about Spain. It was Jesse Cook with Azul, and he describes it as a rumba flamenco. What could be more Spanish than that? Karen Avila in Spain spoke last week about attending the Moscatel Festival. Well, this week she returns to the village of Teolada and visits a nearby bodega, which is another word for winery over there. It's called the Montesanco, and it's dedicated to biodynamic principles. It's an historic vineyard which 100 years ago survived an attack of phylloxera. It used to produce and export worldwide sun-dried raisins from a special variety of the Moscatel grape. Karen speaks with the winemaker, Maria Sancho, who describes the winery as, quote, a family project of love and respect for the land, our landscapes and culture. I'm here with Maria Sancho, who's co-owner of the Montesanco Winery. Uh, Montesanco is located in the village of Teulada in the coastal region of Costa Blanca in Spain. Montesanco is one of two wineries in the province of Valencia. And here in Teulada, we're in a very beautiful setting. Uh, Maria's invited me out to the winery, so we're sitting among the vineyards and around walking trails that also lead into nearby hills. So the Montesanco Winery prides itself on sustainable and traditional methods for growing grapes and producing wineries. So um, Maria, I'm looking forward to talking to you a little bit more about Montesanco and also the, not just the Moscatel grape, but also the other grape varieties that you have here. So the Moscatel variety, I know there's a special variety here in Spain. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that variety and, and what makes it special and how it's related here to the, the region of Teulada? Hello, Karen. Thanks for, for um, offering us this possibility to, to share with uh, followers uh, our project. So we are, as you were uh, telling before, uh, we are very committed to uh, this sustainable project. And our mission is, or our aim is to achieve the best qualitative wine made from the native grape Moscatel. So Moscatel is a grape that's planted almost throughout the Mediterranean coastline. And as you were saying, there are uh, different types of Moscatel. Here in this region, we have uh, the Moscatel of Alejandria which has a grain that's slightly bigger than uh, other varieties of Moscatel. And this type of Moscatel was uh, used 100 years ago to be dried up under the sun. And it was really the basis of the local economy 100 years ago. Farmers would uh, dry up the raisins of this Moscatel. And then this dry raisin of Moscatel would be exported all over the world as a very appreciated ingredient to make plum cakes. And that's what I understood, is that a lot of the grapes around here were traditionally grown for raisin consumption and also just for eating the grapes themselves in addition to the wine. The wine, of course, is a big, a big plus. And I know part of the winery here, part of the structure is actually one of these old structures where the uh, raisins were dried. Is that right? Exactly. As you can see, when you visit us, uh, we have a three uh, buildings called Rio Rau. Uh, they are buildings with arch 
structures where they would be um, leaving the bamboo reeds covered with uh, muscat grapes to be dried up for one or two weeks exactly these buildings are protected and we're not allowed to change the structure of these buildings and uh, it's really fun to to visit this area and understand how the process of the drying of the muscatel grapes was was made the, so um, I want to get to the production part because I find it really wonderful and interesting uh, how dedicated you are to the traditional methods as well as the sustainability component. Um, but I wanted to maybe touch a little bit on the history because I know, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning and as we had talked about, this is one of two wineries. And actually, this current winery that we're at has only been open to the public since April, even though you've been here on the land and producing since before then. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the history of how these wineries started? Uh, we started in Requena, where most of the grapes are planted in, in the region of Valencia, where we are. And it all started when we spotted a very interesting plot of a native grape called Bobal. This plot had survived the, the attack of Phylloxera uh, 100 years ago. So the vines were over 100 years old. And we decided to vinify this plot separately and see what we could come up with. We did that in 2016 and what we got was such a superb Bobal wine that we decided to launch a separate project, a separate winery with its own identity and with the mission to make organic and biodynamic wines from the native uh, grapes that we have planted in our vineyards. So when I first met with you here at the winery uh, last week, it was a really exciting day, actually, because this is the first day of the harvest of the Moscatel grapes this year. Uh, so that was nice to be here and just see all the movement of the grapes and uh, to see the process actually getting kicked off. And it was the first harvest, as I understand from what you said, for it's the first harvest at this winery where the wine is going to be produced here on site as opposed to at the the Kenna Winery. So that was a really fun day to be here. Um, mm -hmm. We also talked a lot about production. Uh, and I know the philosophy here is firmly anchored in sustainability and authenticity. Um, so I wanted to ask you a little bit about how, um, you know, the term biodynamics came up when we were talking. Um, so how biodynamics applies to the growth and production of the, the grapes here on the winery? Well, um, biodynamic uh, is really a philosophy and it was created or founded by a very interesting person called uh, Rudolf Steiner, who uh, really inspired different uh, subjects, not only agriculture, uh, but also uh, teaching techniques, um, cosmetics even, etc., etc. What he really defended or or thought is that uh, regarding agriculture which is our um, our focus now we should think of agricultural state as a closed ecosystem we would be having issues if we started and disrupting the the natural balance within a closed farm by adding things that we uh, are making outside of the farm even Forecasted, we would be having um, major diseases with uh, the the crazy cows, for instance, that had been fed 
um, artificially, etc. So our aim really is to try to work a little bit like what the, the old farmers were doing in the past. So try to nurture the, the ground, the soil, the land with whatever we can make ourselves, um, with our sheep, uh, with herbal um, treatments that we prepare ourselves. That's uh, proven or they have been proven to be very interesting for the for the richness of the ground enhancing the biodiversity which uh, in the end will have a positive effect sooner or later for sure in the wines we make that's uh I, that's that's remarkable just the especially these days when i you know i come from you know a place where there's a lot of heavy pesticides and i think a lot of places in the world in order to mass produce there's a lot of heavy pesticides in order to to help mass produce and to keep uh, the pests away, and you know, here it's very different. Where you're using not just natural plants, but also healthy animals to help also nurture the land. Um, and I know that the the label organic here in Spain requires. It, it sounds like there's very strict standards tied to that, because from what I understand, in, in other in other regions of the world, there's sometimes there's a little bit of looseness with the label of organic, mm-hmm. um, where although there's some restrictions. Uh, it may not be a hundred percent organic for you know for different reasons, but here it sounds like there's a quite uh, high standards in Spain in terms of ensuring that there's no pesticides used. Sure, I mean, and we're following the the um, legislation from the European Union in this sense. We are audited by regional committees that follow the guidelines of uh, the European Union policy, and for sure, as you mentioned, um, the the produce the the wines in its in its this case that are uh, certified organic within the European Union are being um, traced uh, conveniently to assure we don't have any chemical pesticides herbicides like we call them um, neither in the vineyards nor the winery and the so with um, with respect to the health of the environment and given all the information we're receiving now about the health of the planet, global warming in particular. We're seeing so many changes in weather patterns, just quite a few dramatic changes really since, um, certainly since, since I've grown up. Um, so are there any concerns with respect to the changes in weather patterns, either through global warming or, or other uh, conditions or circumstances? Sure. Unfortunately, we have been uh, reading and there have been uh, many articles published already regarding the the next steps uh, in the viticultural map in Spain. And unfortunately, all these uh, southeastern vineyards are going to be suffering a lot from the global climate change. And uh, unfortunately, the farmers located or the growers located in this uh, uh, southeastern part of Spain will have to um, adapt their uh, varieties to varieties that are coping better the drought conditions or uh, finding new vineyards a little bit more up in altitude. Um, common sense techniques that might help them um, cope with with the, these two, three, four degrees that we estimate might be increase in the upcoming years. Of course, I mean, uh, in a worldwide scale, I'm sure that we'll be seeing new vine producers uh, coming uh, on the map, uh, countries that we have never thought of that are already producing pretty qualitative wines up north in Europe and more to be uh, joining this this group, yeah. So I wanted to switch topics uh, into 
the types of wine. So I know we met at the the Moscatel Festival, but there's uh, you mentioned Boval, which is actually a wine I hadn't tried before until the other day, uh, which is a delightful. At least the variety I had, the summer variety, was very nice, silky, wonderful red wine. And the Boval is native to the Valencia region. So uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, not just the Moscatel, because that's one of a number of varieties um, that you're growing here at the winery. So maybe tell us a little bit about some of the other varieties that you're growing here and also the benefit of the environment that you're in to help those flourish. Sure. Well, uh, I'm glad that you offered me this possibility, Karen, because uh, we still need to be uh, proving ourselves in in, um, communicating all the different varietals that we have in Spain and how big we, we are in Spain regarding vine production and not many um, not many persons know that Spain nowadays is the largest vine uh, uh, producer in in number of hectares of wine planted so it's uh, we've been having this uh, tradition of making uh, wines for for ages uh, as a matter of fact very near our winery in in Requena we have a, an Iberian village dated 2000 years ago where we have found um, um, fossils of seed and clay amphorae that uh, confirm us that we we are facing um, a community that, that made wine already and, and knew how to, to keep it and, and drink it. So long tradition. We haven't been able uh, until just recently to catch the eye of uh, international market and this is changing very quickly. So uh, of course like, like other new world wine uh, producers like like Australia we need to really find our niche of market next to the French and the Italians who have been uh, uh, selling their wine for for years but it's true that um, the market is more and more receptive to native grapes uh, different terroirs and this is our occasion to to really transmit the culture from, from each country and as we were saying uh, not only uh, Moscatel in the region of Valencia we have a very native uh, red grape called Bobal which was formerly used as a bulk uh, red grape wine grape but we have, I think, achieved very good level of uh, uh, quality with this uh, red wine. Um, uh, and then we are slowly changing the perception of this uh, uh, potential of this grape um, abroad as well. That's, that's wonderful. And, and certainly having lived here the last um, couple of years for myself, the Spanish wines are really some of the best wines um, that I've had, certainly competitive against wines in California and other parts of the world that I've tried. So it's, it's wonderful to to help support a community that's uh, growing a very desirable product. And I think Spanish wines definitely have a, a popular uh, a popular label in terms of, of quality. Um, right. What I normally say when I travel uh, is that uh, the Spanish wines in general have a very good value for money in general. So wherever you go in Spain and uh, there are 50 for denominations of origins, appellations of origin, uh, you find um, excellent wines that are at very interesting uh, prices, and this is something that customers really uh, should should explore and discover. Yes, I, I can definitely back that up. <laughs> One of the most wonderful things about living here is just uh, excellent quality for very reasonable price, especially relative to other wines. Um, so for, so one of the things, uh, that I'm also very excited about in terms of living in the neighborhood and, uh, being able to come visit this winery is the, 
variety of activities that you offer visitors. Um, so uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about as a visitor to Spain or a visitor to uh, Teulada or this region in general, what are the things that they can enjoy here at the winery? Sure. Well, we are, as you were mentioning, we have just uh, started. I mean, we've opened in Easter, but since then we are offering a wide range of um, activities. So we have just a the tasting visit, which uh, is a tour of the winery, and you get to understand a bit more our project, um, the vineyards that we have, and taste four of our wines. And it's really an interesting approach uh, whenever the customer approaches us for the first time. And then we have a, a super uh, pleasant wines and dines events that are uh, hosted on the terrace uh, with um, pairing of uh, five of our wines with five uh, courses made by our neighbor who happens to be Dutch and then uh, cooks in a marvelous way. And then we'll be also hosting more relaxed, casual, uh, just uh, live music, uh, walking dinners shortly. So, uh, yeah, I, I certainly recommend um, uh, visitors in the area to check our website, check in the social media and follow us as uh, we are expecting to to really um, follow the cycle of the vine and adapt uh, also the offer uh, to what the, the vines are currently offering. And we'll have a we'll have a picture for the listeners online so they can see some of the the beautiful backdrop here in terms of the environment, the hills, the vineyards. Um, so I want to thank you again so much for having me here. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you very much, Karen. Karen Avila was speaking with Maria Sancho of Bodega Montesonco. For more info, look at montesonco.com. This is the Travel Writer Show on J Air eighty eight FM in Melbourne.